It's been a while. It is. It's fun. Anyway, it's the Muppet. It's the Muppet Show theme. I feel like we're cool. It's a little Muppet like. It's it's Muppet adjacent. It's like. But but first, we we want to welcome everyone to our next installment of Two Canters Walk Into a Bar. I am Cantor Matt Axrod from Scotch Plains, New Jersey, and I am here with the slightly eccentric. Wow. <laughs> wow. But you are. You are. <laughs> and and you know what? And and I said slightly just to make <laughs> to take the sting off of it. All right. You who know, are and you? I'm wearing this ring on my middle finger that says <laughs> Gam Ze Ya Avor, and I'm gonna pretend like this comment too shall pass <laughs> in Hebrew. But, but who are you? Oh, oh, well, oh see. <laughs> I am the eccentric. Yes, and forgetful. <laughs> and definitely forgettable. Uh, forgetful and forgettable. Okay, um, no, not forgettable. Unforgettable. Okay. Unforgettable. I am Cantor. <laughs> Thank you. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for watching our episode. <laughs> Stay tuned next week when Penny introduces herself. <laughs> it only takes me a half hour to remember who I am. I actually have it written down okay. on a sticky note. Right. You are. All right. Uh, let me cue you up again, and then I will be quiet, and it's all yours. I'm here with the fully eccentric. I am. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Best <laughs> podcast start ever. Podcast 101. This is not what to do. I am can't. I'm ever laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I almost have to like close my. Okay, but for realies, yes. I am not. I'm not that eccentric. <laughs> All appearances <laughs> to the contrary. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give myself 15 minutes okay. to keep talking until I introduce myself. I am Cantor Penny Myers oh, from. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? I said finally. <laughs> for those who are listening, yeah. I am Cantor Penny S. Myers from Buffalo, New York. Beautiful, balmy, bountiful buffalo. Bountiful. I don't and know, it, but it's all I could think of. Okay. Hey, uh, how, how's Buffalo this time of year? Is, that's are awesome. You still, is it is it winterish still? It's you know we're we're in May and or are you kind of spring like now. It is. It is. Things are blooming. It's it's green. Mm-hmm. And um, my car has to be washed all the time because I'm, yes. I'm oh, hitting bugs. Everything is well. Everything here is pollen. Every you you oh, leave yellow. your car for you leave your car for an hour. You come out and it is covered in green yellow pollen. All oh over. really? Yeah. So that explains it. Yeah. That explains it. Before during the pandemic, you know, you 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 know you you coughed in public and you you know everyone <laughs> wanted to get away from. But but now I just you know everyone just wear a t-shirt just says. It's allergies. Yes, that's okay, right. Okay, it's allergies, right. That's right. You just just keep itching your eyes, itching your eyes. A lot of allergy medicines dry us out. Yes. Yep. And so, you know, it is not uncommon for me to be like doing two bumps of Flonase in the morning and two bumps of Flonase at night. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. You know. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Scarface. <laughs> 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 what you oh. talking about? <laughs> Say hello to my little friend, <laughs> and you start shooting up the flonase. You know, well, this seems like as good a time as any to uh, introduce our our 
very exciting topic um, for this episode. We will soon be welcoming a very special guest. A um, famous. A, a, a famous, uh, kind of a, kind of a, a cantorial celebrity, wouldn't you say, Penny? Oh, totally. Is. Okay. She's cantorial royalty. Okay. So we're not going to, let's not give it away just yet. <laughs> One of the things that we love to do on our podcast, in addition to laugh and digress and go off on <laughs> tangents that we have no idea where we even <laughs> came from, but one of the things that we supposedly like to do on our podcast is to delve into all the different aspects of our profession, what we do, how we relate to others, congregational life, and 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 different perspectives on how people became cantors and what our profession is all about and, and all the different ways that we can make a difference. And I think that that this episode is really going to touch on a very unique aspect of that. Wouldn't you agree? I got to tell you, when you say when we came into this profession, I call it a calling. We certainly did not go into it for the money. That, that much is certain. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is very exciting. Our guest, our guest is oh, is tuned yeah. in, and and we're we're soon to welcome. Yeah. There you are. Welcome, Barbara. It is so nice to have you. All right. Oh. So I I wanna I wanna take this opportunity. This this is like this is awesome. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps. This is awesome. I I, I want to take this opportunity to um, introduce our guest uh, at today's podcast. A pioneer, a visionary, a canter, a trailblazer, a, a trailblazer. Canter Barbara Osfeld is we do this all the time. We this is what we do. So the, Matt, meet my, my meet my my one of my idols and women that I look up to for a variety of different reasons. The very first female ordained canter in the history all of jewish history all of jewish history and that is cantor barbara j ostfeld welcome hi i'm so glad to be with you matt so nice to meet you nice to meet you also barbara welcome <laughs> and 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 we don't know if if you know what you're in for for the oh. for this next 20 25 minutes but but Hopefully you have a beverage because you've joined two canters that yes. have walked into a... Oh. All right. Okay. That'll okay. work. It All looks, right. But here's the thing. Looks gin-like because so of the flowers. Okay. I don't drink alcohol, but I do um, I, I do drink cold brew coffee um, mm. nonstop. That's wonderful. You so guys Barbara, enjoy your would like to <laughs> Barbara, we'd love to talk with you today and, and kind of learn more about your your very involved and interesting journey to where you are today and, and what has brought you here. Um, we would like to plug your book um, and, and have you tell us all about that. Um, Wait, are we talking about this book that everyone fun. should buy and read? Yeah. Catbird? Yes. Catbird. Okay. Well, that's all we're going to talk about. Okay. So, um, Barbara, the, the, the book that you wrote, I know, is a memoir. It sort of traces your journey and how you got to where you are and, and to become the first uh, woman ordained cantor in the world. But I, I guess just to start at the beginning, did you always want to be a cantor? Did you, were you drawn to it? I mean, I, I guess, when did it dawn on you for the first time, this is what I was meant to do? 
I was used to auditioning for parts in, in plays and in musicals and not getting any parts because I, I didn't look like Cinderella. I mean, I might have looked like a Semitic um, <laughs> version of Cinderella, but that wasn't popular back in the 50s. When I was in when I was in junior choir, and we called it Coraliers in my synagogue in um, Oak Park, Illinois, uh, I fell in love with the inherent drama in ritual. And I thought, oh my, there are words during which you incline your head forward. There are times when you drop to your knees. Um, and uh, there are times when you light candles in a particular way with a particular formula. I thought all of that was magical, and I felt transformed by it, so that when it was time for uh, the Kaddish during the memorial prayer, during worship, I felt very solemn and very um, sad. And when it was time for uh, a song about rejoicing in the Sabbath, Yismachu, I felt very happy. And when the Torah came out, it was, I mean, I got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps now because I remember the, the choreography of the taking out of the Torah and what it, it did to me. And this was, and I was just um, a student in what we called Sunday school back then. I didn't know any Hebrew. I didn't learn any Hebrew. But the act of worship itself, singing with other children, singing responsively with my cantor, um, the cantor of my childhood, it was all I ever wanted. So from the time that I was eight, I really had, had um, articulated my desire to become a, uh, a cantor and um, was pretty set on pursuing it. What it so you know, first of all, that that is amazing, and I'm I'm watching I'm watching Penny. She's getting she's getting I'm getting up. a little misty. Yeah, yeah while, while you're talking, it, it what an amazing description of the drop of of equating what we do just you know on a daily basis and and turning it into a a drama, turning it into a production. But I, I don't mean that in a no in a no cheap no way. I know in, in a, but but for us to deny, as cantors to deny that there is something performative and that there sure. is a, a ritual drama that we enact and walk through with all the attendant feelings um, every time we participate in worship. And um, I just always was stirred by it. So not having gotten any parts I auditioned for as a kid, being this sort of squat, uh, sloppy looking kid um i invented a part and i was the only one who auditioned for it and i didn't know that at the time but you know i won the audition that i invented <laughs> so wow. that's kind of endlessly gratifying i tell you barbara now matt you have to understand at my previous pulpit, Cantor Ostfeld 
is was a me- is was a member and you can only imagine the amount of kavod the respect and also fear of knowing <laughs> I would Who? be hopelessly intimidated with that setup. I could, I, I mean. It was, and Barbara <laughs> knows this because I would tell her, but I, uh, you know, I have grown out of that insecurity because she's a very slight, if you don't mind me saying, petite woman, very slight and, and very gentle and genteel and, um, and quick-witted. And every time I would see Barbara, I would feel like, you know, I know low-face self. We're not supposed to, you know, worship idols. But she is royalty. Absolutely. You, Barbara, you are. You're absolute royalty. <clears throat> and, 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 and that kind of pressure, not imposed by her. She, she was always sweet and nice and welcoming. But it was like, first of all, she was the director of placement for the American Conference of Cantors, the reform movement organization of cantors. Here I am assuming this pulpit at Temple of Zion of 1100 families, not credentialed, you know, and, and I can only imagine the kind of stuss she must have heard, if not from the URJ, but certainly from cantors that she was working with in placement that a non-credentialed person was occupying a ginormous pulpit. And she is the sweet, like I, I'm not speaking like she's not here, but <laughs> some of my most memorable, funniest, best times were in concerts with Barbara. Like just our jokes, our inside jokes, and it just, it was a the mutual. Fashion, the fashion. The, always the fashion. The, the prom the dresses. Fashion and, the and hair. The, and the, access, <laughs> and the accessories and things. And, right. and the yes, shoes. Yes, right. it, always, right. well, always. It, it, it seems to me that Barbara and, and Penny, both of you, you know, to get to where you are, you have to have a lot of humor. You you have to take your journey and, and you have to infuse a lot of humor. Um you know, with with the path, with the difficult path that you chose. So. Well, I think it's interesting. You do have to have humor, and you have to take a long, a long range look backwards. Because I remember I sloughed off a ton of things that were totally inappropriate, and I just felt that my path forward was to breeze through these and just pass them, leave them in the dust. And in fact, I should have been more attentive to addressing them as they occurred. And this is just something I know now that I didn't know as a young person. Um, but I'm sure that um, that Penny, as a as a blonde cantor, has had, you know, a number of different inappropriate uh, events come right up in her face and we have to decide as women in the moment, how do we address this? Do we confront, particularly do we confront a member of our own congregation to whom we're supposed to minister? Right. And, um, and how uh, vocal to be in, in, in confronting inappropriate behavior, which is still, which is less, I think it's less pervasive now than it ever was. But the pay inequity is still 
a huge issue. Yes. Um, I don't know how many cents on the dollar we're making it. Uh, it's as like a 20%, to, it's a 20% difference. I, think. I mean, uh, go figure. So there you go, Matt. Do you, Deal do you with think that, that so I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, do you think, you know, the, the problems that you articulated, obviously, you know, I, um, this is not the first time hearing of this. Sure. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm really, you know, I, I'm, I'm the typical male privilege and I'm, and I, I understand what, what's going on. Do you think that these problems are specific to clergy, to cantors, or, or um, transcend all fem- um, females in all professions? Um, or do you think that there are some that are, are really individual to our profession as clergy? Well, that's a great question, Matt. Um, I, think, I think that women in public settings um, are more vulnerable because we have put ourselves forward. Mm. And so uh, men of a certain generation have been brought up to think that women who do that have some uh, additional motive. Um, and also, of course, the prohibition in Judaism called Isha Erva, that the voice of a woman is obscenity, um, is nakedness. Uh, so there is that stigma that we're um, in the midst of overcoming. But there is also the notion that a woman who sings, uh, a woman who sings publicly, you know, is a target for reasons which are probably too complicated to enumerate, but, um, but all, all of which exist and can be parsed out by anthropologists or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this book is published tongue in cheek by Erva Press. Erva is the word in Hebrew that means nakedness or obscenity. So, um, what I'm what I was trying to do in naming the um, the publication was was to say, hey, we're reclaiming, you know, our rightful place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because because obscenity is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. And right. if you're thinking obscene thoughts about a woman who uh, has a public position and who sings in the in the performance of her duties, and that to you rings like an obscenity, then the problem is you. Well, I think it's important to... So I don't to, mean you, Matt. No, but I think it's important to point out that when you say obscenity is in the eye of the beholder, all the beholders are males. They're they're in, they're yeah. defined that, by male. In our tradition. Yes. Yeah. So, Barbara, you um, just so that you know, Matt is actually one of our officers and it's going to be, you know, we have a succession plan. I know that is like 14 years long, oh, right? Whatever. Whatever it is. At some point. I don't know. I love, Barbara, will you share with Matt, and I've heard this, and I love this story every time you tell it, about when you applied to HUC and the admissions officer or whomever the person was at the time. I, I, I love this story because it just highlights, you know, just kind of a very, I think a very, like, pure view of, of like not naivete, not on your part, God forbid, but of like, all right, well, you know, 
it's this actually really be, funny. This is going to be a cringeworthy story. I can just tell right no. now. No. Oh, okay. No, it's not. I don't okay. think so. It's not cringeworthy. No, 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 no. It's just funny. Yeah. You were it's talking like, about humor and then setting yeah. to deploy it from time to time, particularly in, in, in work that is stressful. Um, so I have a bit of dialogue that I like to read when I discuss this. Um, and I'm going to just do do my reading and, and see what you think. Um, good morning, Hebrew Union College, Registrar's Desk, Ms. Altschul. Hello, this is Barb Ostfeld. I'm a senior in high school in North Haven, Connecticut, and I'm interested in applying to the School of Sacred Music. I'd like to request an application form. Hold on a minute, just wait. Thank you. Now, you're who? My name is Barb Ostfeld, and I'd like to apply to the Cantorial School. <laughs> I see. And how did you come to us? Well, the cantor of my current congregation went to JTS, so I called the cantor of my childhood congregation, and he went to Hebrew Union College. We've never had a request from a girl. Girl. Did you hear me, Miss... Uh, uh, Usfeld, yes, I, I, I did hear you. No girl has called up and asked for an application. Oh, uh, uh, can, can I give you my address? <laughs> I'll take your address, but hold on. I hold while Miss Altschul consults someone or checks admissions requirements or finishes her grocery list. I have no idea. The wait isn't long, but it's long enough to make me worry. And my palms start sweating. And I think that my fate is hanging in the balance that Miss Alshul, like Alice's red queen, will either next chop off my head or grant me freedom. I hear a muffled sound from the phone and then her voice. Very well, spell your name for me. Thank you, Miss Altschul. I let go of my breath and put the receiver down at the end of this conversation. This is happening. I will go to cantorial school. I wait for a trumpet fanfare, <laughs> but there's none. There's only the pounding of my own heart. So that's the little vignette in Catbird that yeah. has to do with um, calling up and asking for an application. I really hadn't known that no woman, no girl, right. had um, had asked for an application. And did they get sacred music? Did they get back to you? Did they or did you have to pursue, pursue or no, she's or never been sent, ordained. They <laughs> sent me the application materials, you know, in, in the snail mail that was prevalent at that time. Yes. Um, this was in 1970. And of course Two, two years earlier, they had admitted Sally Presend into the rabbinics, into mm -hmm. the rabbinics program at Hebrew Union, Union College in Cincinnati, and so really she had set, she had uh, punctured the the stained glass ceiling, and I um, I just was following a variant path, and uh, the college had really made that decision uh, to admit women. 
into its programs. Mm -hmm. And I was just the first test case, so. Were there others, of, uh, how, how soon was, was the next woman to apply after you? When, like It was immediate. It was, I'm there sure. was some publicity when I was admitted. And the following year, I believe there were two women in the entering cantorial class. So, uh, and then we kind of uh, overwhelmed the admissions department at the school. And there were many of us in some yeah. classes were only women. There were like seven women in a graduating class. And that was just mind blowing. And uh, that was in early days. So it took off immediately because it's such a naturally great idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Couldn't fail. And, and Barbara's not the kind of person, I, I'm going to say this on her behalf, even though she might kill me, but um, she, you would never brag about yourself, Barbara. Like, you would never put yourself out there. You know, we have colleagues who will... You well, there's know. a certain ego associated with our profession, as we yes, all know. Right. Yes, there has to be. There has to and, be. And this kind of, like, quiet gravitas and, you know, this quiet confidence, is, you know, that that was very um, appealing and, and in a way nurturing that made me, it took me a long time to feel comfortable in my own skin, cantorially, having her as a part of the congregation, but knowing that she was there and, you know, whether there, there's actually a story, I'm just, this is so shameful, but there's a story in there in her book where she speaks about a non-credentialed cantor. And I remember after reading it sheepishly saying to her, was that about me? <laughs> I remember that. Oh, I'm so sorry that you no. thought it was you for even no, one no, second. No, 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 no. It was the funniest. <laughs> no, was... it couldn't have been about you. Yeah, no, 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 no. It was, it was so awesome. I mean, and I, and I'm proud. Like I, Buffalo. Like I'm so proud as a Buffalonian. You know, she was part of our family. She claimed her. You know, and Buffalo claims her. And and to have that cantorial royalty, that first here in this area. So I, I, I want to transition to ask you, Barbara. I've been in situations where I have heard other women claim that they were the first canters. Hmm. And I don't know if you have oh. ever heard any of, yeah, okay, you have. I, okay, I figured. And, and I certainly will be, I'm very scrappy. So I will immediately be like, you are wrong. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> and I'll tell you who it is. So, uh, um, how how do you I'm react? Just sit here and drink. I think. Yes, <laughs> that's most important. You keep thing. drinking. I am, that's right. But I need to, you know, be focused. You know, it's interesting that I was I guarded my position very, very uh, zealously um, from time to time during my career um, because it was so hard won. And because there are so many stories that are linked to the the process of 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 you know uh, working to create and develop that role in all of its um, all of its many ramifications, and watching it develop, watching it take off with with uh, the women who followed me, as I say, very quickly after I was admitted to the school. 
Um, so if your name is Betty Robbins, um, and she is uh, of blessed memory, she served a congregation in many cantorial roles back in the 1950s or something. Okay, she's the real deal because there were there was no pathway to ordination as a cantor in those days. So she did the gig, you know, she she did the work. And we know that that work, once it hits you, it explodes and you are in all kinds of... Um, in, in all kinds of areas of, of, the, of the sacred work. I, I don't like hearing women, uh, other women uh, say that they were first. Mm. I don't generally talk about being first because it's not as important to me as having done it. And it's not as important to me as having been privileged to play a role in, um, in the leadership of the cantorate uh, all these years. I mean, that, and it's not as important to me as the actual work, which I no longer do. I'm retired. But when, when someone claims any kind of supremacy, it just makes me kind of wild. I mean, why do you need to do that? What, what aspect of that is satisfying to you and why? Um, so it's about the work and yeah, it's about the work. I'd love to ask you more about your experience at HUC. Um, so you were welcomed, well, I, were you welcomed in as the first, for the first of all, that's my first question. What was your initiation like as a student? <laughs> but, but you know, we in the conservative movement um, look at the reform movement and, you know, we realize it's more liberal and, and, progressive. Um, and, and progressive and that's a wonderful thing. What I'm wondering is, was there pushback? Was there resistance to the idea of a woman leading prayer, even in the reform movement in the 70s? And how did that manifest itself in your training? Well, what I found was, and this will not surprise you, that the enlightened thinkers who inhabited the school were able to shift their thinking and update it and say, oh yeah, <laughs> this is pretty obvious. You know, um, a woman is going to want to serve in all uh, arenas of Judaism and uh, it's our job to, to teach her and credential her when she makes those choices. Um, so what was interesting was when I auditioned, I couldn't open the door to get out of the audition room when I was finally done with the audition, the interview, the, the, the singing, the, the playing of the piano and everything else. And I couldn't get up and I'm pushing on the door and a, a, one of the cantors on the committee helped me push the door open. Well, the hall was jam packed with rabbinic and cantorial students who, who had wanted to hear me sing. Wow. And one of them, a kind rabbi whom I still know, who was still a good friend, said to me, we were, we, we, we were just trying to hear the first uh, female cantor sing. But they did have me sing the Kiddush, and they were surprised that I knew it. 
So, I mean, I'd been going to synagogue all the time since right. early but, childhood. But there was a built-in so assumption that your, your knowledge and training was not at a male level. Yeah, they assumed that, uh, that I was a Johnny-come-lately, and I was just looking for a husband. That was mm. the assumption that was made, and I was asked about that in the interview. Come on. Oh. Wow. I'm sure. What there is, were you... most, most of the faculty members, as enlightened, thinking, mindful Jews, mm-hmm. um, were very receptive and immediately taught me um, on an even plane with the other students. Um, but a few of them were antagonistic, and I learned a lot. Um, how did you deal those with that? Who were antagonistic. And yeah. how are they antagonistic? And how? I mean, just like you don't belong here, stop trying to take our jobs away, things like that. I remember uh, uh, singing something in class that I had been assigned to learn and being told by the uh, cantorial professor, You are a very cagey young lady, aren't you? <gasps> and I thought, <laughs> many things but I'm not cagey and there was something in the way that I interpreted the text that just galled him and he didn't explain it and he so he he missed an opportunity to teach but um but he immediately came to cagey young lady so I'm like but most of my experiences with the faculty at Hebrew Union College were wonderful. Mm-hmm. And the students were fantastic. And there was never an issue with any of the students. What was your support system like during that? Did you have one? What happened? I, I wanted to be very grown up. And so there were no dorms at Hebrew Union College. I lived in a studio apartment on my own, but um, I did, it was a mistake that I made, was not surrounding myself with a community of, uh, of people who could uphold me and support my efforts. Although I loved being in class because I loved my fellow students. I loved Cantor's Matt. Penny. Yeah, Panthers we know. Are pretty great. I mean, it's no. Oh, we're awesome. We are awesome. We are awesome. We are awesome. We are really awesome, awesome friends. But I didn't really explore that back then. I just thought I had to be a grown up. Wow. Do you think that, um, to in in today's world, that the the training, uh, recruitment, the welcoming of female rabbinical and cantorial students. Do you think it's still lacking in any way? Um, do, you th- do you think that there's still much to learn and much to do? Um, do you still think it's a bit of a battleground or, or what, what's your experience? What's your reaction? I do not think it is a battleground any longer at Hebrew Union College. I don't know about other institutions, but I would say again that um, any institution that prides itself on uh, intellectual and scholarly pursuits and mindfulness, you know, there's really only one path, <laughs> and that's to accept women um, on equal footing. But I think it's taken on a new significance um, recently. Uh, the, the crossing of thresholds for women, thresholds that have not previously been crossed by women, um, 
all of those crossings have great meaning. And, and it's not just that um, there's easy fame with being a first something. It's that you, you were part of the beginning of a process of the evolution of Judaism. What's your advice to other, to other girls, to other women, um, who you would encourage to do that but might not feel capable or might not feel courageous or able to take such a momentous step? First of all, I think it doesn't require the amount of courage uh, for women of this generation uh, that it did for women of mine and, and, and even Penny's. Um, but I also think that there are many paths to, uh, to, to attaining joy in the cantor and, and, and to finding that it is in fact your life's work. Well, Barbara, thank you so much you. for taking the time and for joining us and giving us perspective. Um, unbelievably interesting. Um, and it's, and I have heard so much about you and Penny talks about you all the time. All the time. And, uh, I fangirl very hard with yeah, Barbara yeah. Osfeld because of From who our first she episode, is. pretty much. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally a fangirl, for sure. <laughs> so. I so um, appreciate the both of you and oh. the camaraderie that we've shared. And I just thank you both so much. Uh, I really enjoyed this. We Good, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Like, she's just amazing. Like, well, I fangirl so hard it, for her. It's it, You know, she talked about making connections, but obviously this is what she does. She makes connections. She builds bridges. Yeah. yeah. Um, she brings people together. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just and, and her story. And, and and really, I cannot wait to read her memoir, her book. It is. Um, because, I, because I've also heard. It's it's not all fun and games. That there's a lot that this is a very it's a very real it's, it's memoir. A difficult read, right? Um, that there's there's um, her background was not easy, and all appearances to the contrary. When you just right. see this wonderful woman and 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 she's upbeat and positive and talking about this and making connections, and I think her backstory um, was difficult, and I'm very interested I mean, in learning I mean, about it. And she is really hilarious. She's really like one of the quickest witted, dry humor. We, we will, at some point, we will compile like yes. a guest panel of, of like Ooh. three cantors or something of all different personalities, and, and just we'll have a roundtable discussion. It's gonna be awesome. I we'll would love that. Okay. All right, so we are um, coming to the end of this very special episode. Um, very sad, but we'll, we'll do it again soon. We've been and planning to have her for I like know, since and, day one. And you made it happen, Penny. Um, so oh. thank you for that. But um, we will get together as, as soon as possible. If you do see us in the meantime, of course, uh, as we always like to say, the, <laughs> the drinks, drinks are, are on, on us. us. L'chaim. <laughs>